0: Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us right now online. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right, uh, before we get into, uh, I just want to, a couple things I want to talk about uh, before we jump into the message this morning. One. Uh, is our Kingdom Builders. You'll see these envelopes out there. It's just a one-time offering gift over and above your tithe before the year uh, ends. Uh, We just want to make sure that if you want some tax breaks that you're remembering Passionate Life Church. Uh, Also, yeah, come on, I'm going to be honest. Um, Also... (laughs) it goes to uh, everything that we do uh, outside to reach our community as far as flyers. And, and, and we've got tons of community events coming up in, in 2022. And, and so it just helps us kind of offset that cost. So uh, again, thank you for, for those of you that have already given over and above. Man, we preach it so much. Uh, as we, man, 2022 is going to be the greatest year of this church. We're going to see more people get saved and come to Jesus uh, than we ever have before. And so... Man, I want to thank everybody, uh, man, that serves, that gives, and makes Passionate Life Church what it is, okay? Uh, And and then uh, the other thing, uh, Men's Summit coming up uh, on Saturday, 9 o'clock. Guys, I want to encourage you to sign up. Just because we're making a ton of burritos, Matt is going to make it happen. And so uh, we just need to have a head count for how many burritos uh, that we're going to make. Man, it's just going to be an awesome time. Uh, man, if you're brand new to Passionate Life Church, this is a great event to go to just to connect with some guys uh, and get plugged into different uh, life groups that we're going to be doing uh, next year. Okay? You guys doing good? Awesome. Uh, we... Uh, Kicked off a brand new series last week called Down to Earth. Uh, Man, if you missed it last week, I want to encourage you to, man, jump online and and watch that. What we did is a deep dive on the Bible, right? And, And I ended the message last week of five reasons that we can believe that the Bible is true. And, man... We just had an overwhelming response to last week's message. People just loved it so much. And so I, I can't possibly do more of that with Christmas, like, next week, okay? Christmas is next week, and so... Um, what we're going to do at some point, and maybe we'll do it running up until Easter, uh, we're going to do a deep dive on Scripture and why we believe it's true, um, and we'll look at some archaeological discoveries, and just, man, it just supercharges our, 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 our faith, right, uh, to know that what we believe is true, and then we'll do something on Jesus, too, and, and uh, Jesus' impact, and, and so we'll look at that, too, but, man, um, we just had a, such an overwhelming response, man, you guys just love that apologetics-type uh, stuff, and so uh, that just encouraged me. We're, we're going to do something like that next year. And so we'll do a little bit of that today, okay? We're going to do a little bit of that today as we talk about uh, Jesus, and, and we're going to look at some of the lies that, that are spoken about Jesus because, um, man, we need to realize and we can get caught up in all the Christmas movies, and, and the presents, and shopping, and you know, everything that is happening, and we can really forget what the main reason is about Christmas, and it's all about Jesus, okay? Jesus is truly the reason for the season, amen? Like, like this is why we gather together and we worship, it, it, it's all about Jesus, okay? And so... If we looked at the resume of Jesus, okay, if Jesus was applying to be uh, your personal Savior, okay, and, and he brought his resume to you for the first 30 years of his life, okay, his resume would look like this, right? Born of a peasant woman, right? Uh, grew up as a blue-collar worker, right? He's a stonemason and, and a carpenter. Uh, he came from a a obscure village called Nazareth which was a kind of like a big joke it was like a cultural joke right you, you even see one of the disciples saying like nothing good comes from Nazareth right it's, it's like it's like New Yorkers talking about people from New Jersey do you know what I'm saying right like it's like it's a it's a joke to them and and so uh nothing good comes out of Jersey you know what I'm saying right you know what I'm saying and uh and it was, it was a joke, it was an obscure, small town, right? And, and so if Jesus is putting his resume, right, you'd be like, uh, no, right? Like, you can't be my savior. Because he literally came down to earth to be one of us. Like, he put skin and flesh on, right, and lived a ordinary life for the first 30 years. Why? So he could be one of us, so he could experience all the temptations, And everything that we're going through, okay? Jesus understands everything, every struggle that you're going through today. Why? Because we have a down-to-earth Savior. Come on, let's pray, and then we'll get into the message today. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, this is your moment. God, I thank you for everyone that's in this room today and watching online. Father, it's not by mistake that they're here and watching Father, we just bind and rebuke the lies of the enemy over us this week, God. Holy Spirit, we just pray that the spirit of truth would just come over us right now in our hearts and our minds, Father. And Jesus, I just pray right now that you'd help me get out of the way. None of me and all of you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. So uh, actually I actually have 10 points today, and they're going to be broken out into two parts, okay? So uh, the first thing is the four things that Jesus never did and the lies that are attached To them, I think we need to be aware uh, of the lies that that are circling. And and what's interesting is uh, they don't pop up every year, but it's like every other year, or every three years, or every five years. There's this new discovery, or someone will just talk about an old discovery, and and the whole thing is to uh, try and to uh, dilute. Who Jesus is right it, it, it's the whole thing is to try to dilute who Jesus is and so let's look at kind of like four uh, uh four things that Jesus never did and the lies that are attached to him number one number one the first thing Jesus never wrote a secret self-help book okay uh there's there's literally uh th- these are called and we're gonna be talking about this more uh, they're called Gnostic books okay Gnostic Gospels is what they're labeled. They're not Gospels, okay? And, and a couple of them are, they're called the Secret Book of James or, or the Secret Book of John. And it's, what Gnosticism is, is basically the Gnostics believed that uh, there was some secret knowledge, okay? And, and that's what these books portray, and James, the brother of Jesus, did not write this, okay, John the apostle did not write these, these books were, are, are completely exposed as frauds, they were written way after, remember last week when I told you about if you were going to create a lie, right, you would do it way after all of the eyewitnesses were dead, and you do it outside of the region, that's what they did, they, they wrote these books to specifically counter the real gospels, and they used disciples' names. Okay, to try to trick people. Okay, this is called Gnosticism. Um, and, and, and so Jesus did not give secret knowledge or, or write a secret self-help book, right? Like that, that's what we have to hold true to Scripture. There's a reason why, uh, you know, there's 66 books in the Bible and those books books are in the Bible for a specific reason, okay? But you'll see all types of different lies and stories, okay? And and what's interesting is the disciples warned us of this because this was happening during their time too. Gnosticism has been around for over 2,000 years. And and so uh, 2 uh, 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3 says this, he says, but there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. And so he's warning us, look, look, look there's going to be some false teaching, okay? Uh, people are going to make things up about Jesus. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them and so basically some of these destructive heresies will deny uh, jesus came right born as a virgin uh, you know died on the cross for our sins and then rose again three days later Like, like specifically these heresies deny that okay many will follow their evil teachings and that's that's a cautionary tale right many Will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality, and I, I think that's uh, interesting to look at that, that he he specifically says shameful immorality. I, I read a quote this week, uh, and, and it's an anonymous quote, and, and it said, uh, "Preachers that don't teach on repentance, sin, or hell." are called false teachers, okay? And and this is what Peter is talking about. He's talking uh, uh, about um, eliminating the, the teaching on sin, immorality, right? And, and we kind of live in a culture that, that is like that today where we're, uh, there, there's nothing sacred. It, you know, uh, it's just complete immorality. And, and this is what Peter's saying is that there's going to be teachers, there's going to be preachers that, that will not teach on sin or repentance, Okay. And because of these teachers, the way of the truth will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. Uh, when I was growing up uh, in the 90s, uh, a big thing was was TV televangelists, right? And, and they would just like have all of these infomercials. And sometimes they would, they would sell cloths, right? And for for 19 99 right? And you can have a holy cloth or, or like holy water or something, right? For, for three payments of 20 999 you can have holy water in your house right and, and it was just these 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 you know people trying to get make it up these clever lies to get a hold of your money and this was happening even during um peter's time okay but god condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed uh the apostle paul during his time and Timothy's time, Timothy was uh, uh, he was a preacher, and, and he's even warning Timothy a step further. Let's look at it, 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. Paul says this to Timothy, he said, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. People will just kind of get sick of the Bible, right? And they're going to want something more. Is there, is there anything extra? Is there anything outside? That, that's what Gnosticism is. People want something extra. They, basically, what Gnosticism is, is they believe that there's some type of secret knowledge. They, they want some type of elite knowledge. Uh, uh, Christianity, um, you know who falls in this role is is Mormon. Mormons fall into this th- this type of gnosticism. Uh, they would not admit that, but they are because Joseph Smith, ha- you know, got a special book in, in the eighteen thirties. Okay, you want to talk about way after the eyewitnesses in the eighteen thirty, and he had these special ga- special glasses that only you know he could see these tablets, and this angel gave them. right. And and guys, this is gnosticism. Like like this this is you, you cannot we cannot we cannot add or take away anything from Scripture. Scripture is the only book that we live our, our life by. We, we don't add other, other books to this. And, and this is what uh, you know, Paul and Peter are, are warning of. Okay? People will, will go away from wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. Basically, people will become their own gods. They won't admit it, okay? They won't admit that they become their own gods, but they do. They, they follow their own desires. They do whatever they want to do. And they look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Uh, man, you ever, you, ever, you ever itch your ear? You know what I'm saying? You ever do one of those, how good that feels? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh. yeah. My grandfather... Uh, <laughs> My grandfather used to take his keys. I remember this. He said, take... <laughs> it felt good to him, right? Like itching ears, right? Like, man, it feels good. And, and, and they will reject the truth and chase after myths, right? And we're going to be talking uh, about these myths in a little bit. And, and people would rather, you know... Be in in, and under a a teacher that just tells them everything that they want to hear, and that's why you know I know that you're here today because you don't have itching ears. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're here because man, the Holy Spirit has brought you here. You want to grow, you want to mature. Come on, you man, you're okay with being offended sometimes by your pastor or, or being challenged by me. That's why you're here, and I'm telling you, 2022 is going to be the greatest year of our lives because it's going to be the greatest year spiritually for us as a church okay and so we live in a we live in a, a current culture of canceling culture. Maybe you've heard that. Uh, we, we live in a, a culture that likes to cancel people. Guys, it's, that's nothing new, okay? Like that's been around since the beginning of time, right? Like, like Cain canceled Abel because God didn't accept his offering, so he hit him on the head with a rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, like canceling culture has been around a long time. And, and basically what, what canceling culture is, is when you just take a snapshot of, of what the current culture beliefs are, And if you don't personally align with those current culture beliefs, then you are a hater and you need to be canceled, okay? Listen, the devil and the Jews tried to cancel Jesus some 2,000 years ago. How'd that work out? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, how'd that work out? Man, Satan's been trying to cancel the church. He's been trying to cancel Christianity for thousands of years, but he can't. What ends up happening is we come back stronger, right? What happened when Jesus came back three days later? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, things. (laughs) Satan's been trying to cancel the church and our voice for many, many, many thousands of years, but he can't. And this is just a snapshot of history that we're going to continue to be courageous and bold and stand for Jesus. Amen. That's a good place to clap. You, you can just go ahead and clap. All right. Second, second myth, second lie that I want to talk about. Uh, Jesus was never married or had a family okay? Um, this is a really popular one. Um, here, here's some of the, the sources that, that talk about this. Um, it, it's the Da Vinci Code. If you saw the movie, the Gospel of Philip, the Gospel of Jesus' wife, and, and the lost gospel. There, there's, these are some sources. Also, the Gospel of Thomas um, is also used in, in, in creating these, these lies. Um, there was a movie... Uh, in the 80s, I believe, uh, called The Last Temptation of Christ. And it's, it's Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Uh, specifically, the Gospel of Philip talks about Jesus uh, marrying. He, he ends up marrying uh, Mary Magdalene, and they have kids, okay? Um, I, I know that this, this, you know, how popular The Da Vinci Code was, and, and uh, man, all Dan Brown's books, right? How p- people are, like, hungry for, for some, you know, lie outside of the truth of the gospel right like, like people are hungry people want to believe that jesus was married and have kids okay that, that's why it becomes so so popular i remember uh probably a little bit over a year ago we had a young man uh come in here and he who's come to church and he, he stopped me uh, after church uh after one of the the services and, and he says he asked me a question he goes um what do you think about jesus kids who, who do you think they are and i said like all of us like is that what you're talking about like we're all you know kids you know of the father you know i mean is that what you're is that the context that you're talking about and he's like no you know where in the bible it says that jesus and mary magdalene you know get together and they have children like who do you think those children are and i said listen Uh, Not in the Bible. He's like, "What?" I'm like, "No, it's under a category of Gnosticism, and and those are, man, been proven to be fraudulent and lies, specifically counter to the Word of God." And he was blown away. He had no one had ever told him that that wasn't in the Bible, guys. This is why we need to know our Bible. This is why we need to know the stories for ourselves, so nobody can just tell us something and that's something that we just believe. Because I'm guessing someone told him, "Yeah, it's in the Bible." Yeah, totally right? And so he just took that as truth. Guys, that's why we have to know scripture for ourselves, okay? And so, you'll, so it's not popular right now, but man, you can Google these things and you can see all types of different sources okay because man and and maybe in another three years you, you'll see something like this again oh jesus was married they found a source in a cave right and, and and you'll always see these things because satan is always trying to to dilute who jesus is the apostle paul specifically wrote the book of colossians to counter gnosticism okay and so if you're ever wondering you know uh what gnosticism is, The Apostle Paul writes a whole book specifically against Gnosticism in in Colossians 2.8. Let's read this passage here. He says this, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive Philosophy. Man, there's a lot of hollow and deceptive uh, philosophy flying around today, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. This is what happens when. New Age occultism enters uh, the church, right? The, the, this, this elementary uh, spirituality, and, and they just try to kind of like add on to Scripture, okay? We, we have to be aware uh, that this is going on, that, that it's occultish, and, and it's it is not of, of God. This is, man, they were dealing with this some 2,000 years ago, right? The Apostle Paul was, w- w- was dealing with this, people trying to add philosophy, add things to, to Scripture, And we have to hold true to the word of God because people just like to make stuff up. You know what I'm saying? Like, just look at social media. People like to make stuff up, right? And just post it as fact, right? And so we have to just be very, very careful of that. Okay, Uh, number three, number three. I did not know this one until this week. I did not know this one. Jesus did not go and study with Buddhist monks, and he never traveled 200 miles away from his birthplace, okay? And so here's the lie, and it's based on this book called The Life of St. Issa, uh, The Best of Sons of Men. He's a Russian author, and he states that Jesus traveled to Tibet, India to study with Buddhist monks before he started his ministry, and that this is how he learned how to fast. This is how he learned how to uh, meditate is from these Buddhist monks. Like, like, this is a real thing. Like, people really believe this. And, and, and there's, in 2016, I believe, uh, there are biblical scholars that made the guy that wrote this book confess that it was a lie. Like, he finally said, okay, it's fraudulent. I made it up. Okay. But that doesn't matter, right? That doesn't matter because people will just believe whatever they want to believe because the lie is already out there. And I just don't want you to get caught up in these things where, you know, someone at work says, yeah, Jesus studied with the Buddhist monks. Can you believe that? And you're like, what? You know what I mean? Like, and so I want you to know these things because these are the common lies that people use to plant doubt in your heart in your mind. And so we're just addressing them today, okay? He, he doesn't even travel, and which makes him even more down-to-earth some 200 miles from his his hometown, which makes it even more spectacular, right? That Jesus, you know, changes the whole world and he doesn't even travel out of his region. You know what I'm saying? Okay, uh, number four, number four. Jesus never held any political office or military position. Uh, So the Jews were looking for a Messiah that would hold some type of government office or a military leader that would lead them to over... Rome. That's why the the Jews did not accept Jesus as their savior. They were looking for some type of government leader. They they were looking for some type of you know military leader that would that would you know lead them to overthrow Rome. And that's not what Jesus was at all, right? He didn't come you know for a couple terms, right? He didn't come to to be the mayor or the governor, right, or the president. No, he came to be king, right? And so, uh, man, that, this is a complete lie, but you have Jews that are still waiting for a Savior. You, you have Jews that are still waiting for a Messiah. Okay, let's change gears for the rest of the message this morning. Now we're going to look at six things that Jesus did and the truth that's attached to him. And we're going to use one scripture today. We're going to use one passage of scripture today, and it's a Christmas passage. Come on, somebody. We're bringing Christmas to the message today, okay? And I want you to understand that Isaiah wrote this some 700 years before Jesus came to this earth. Some 700 years before Jesus came to this earth. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Come on. Number one truth, number one truth. He came as a baby. He came as a baby. Hebrews 4, 15 states this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our Weaknesses. Man, that is something that, man, you, we have to remember this, right? We have a high priest in Jesus who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Really important to understand because a, a lot of these, these lies and resources that people write or, or discover, these, these false gospels, right, will, will try to dilute Jesus a, a, as fully man and fully God and someone who lived a perfect life. They, life. they, they love to uh, believe that, that he fell into some type of temptation that he wasn't perfect, right? And, and there's, there's other lies out there that state that he wasn't fully human or or we have to disregard that like we have to believe when scripture says man he lived as a man yet he did not sin he was born as a baby why because he wanted to empathize with our weaknesses you want to talk about a down-to-earth savior Come on, like, like, I want to talk about a down to same. Jesus was on his throne in the heaven. Come on, somebody. Like angels and, and creatures worshiping him day and night. And when God was looking for a volunteer to come save the world, Jesus is like, send me. No, 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 dad, I will Go. I, I will step off my throne. I will come, I will leave heaven and come to earth and, and be the, this down to earth savior for my people. Man, he no matter what you're struggling with today, okay. No matter what your struggle is, no matter what your your issues are today, Jesus knows what you're going through. He lived thirty years. He he lived he lived. 30 years, right, as an ordinary person, right, with, with a family, you know, the family dynamics. Uh, many scholars believe that Joseph died at some point in, in Jesus' life. And so he understands grief, grief, he understands loss, right? He lost his dad, right, his earthly dad at some point. And so he knows pain right? And most likely Jesus now has to become the head of the house, right? And, and take over the business of carpentry and all of that. Like, I don't think we, we sometimes we don't think about the details of Jesus's life and, and that, that he, man, he was living among us as one of us. Why? Because he wanted to understand the struggles and the weaknesses that we have and that we go through. And so the struggles you're having in your marriage, Jesus understands, The struggles that you're having with your children, Jesus understands. The financial struggles that you're having, Jesus understands. There's nothing that you're going through today that Jesus says, man, I I get it. I understand exactly what you're going through. That's why I came to empathize with you and what you're going through. Point number two, point number two, he put the government on his shoulders. Now, he didn't come, you know, to serve a two-year or a four-year term, okay? He came to serve an eternal term, okay? And, and when, he, when this passage, is talking about, he put the government on his shoulders. He's not talking about local government, okay? He, he's not talking, uh, you know, about a, a state government or a federal government. No, no, no. He puts all the governments of the world on his shoulder all at once. God is in control of everything. And, and he puts all the government, all the power on his Shoulders, Listen, God can change government in a moment. Whoever he wants to be in power, he can put in power if he wants. We need to understand that. And that should give us hope, right? That should give us hope today that Jesus is still in control. He's still in charge. That it, and, and it is our role as followers of Christ to continue to pray to continue to pray for the people in power and, and the people that God is going to put in power next. We need to continue to, to pray and, and, and have hope that, that things can get better, amen? Daniel says this, uh, Daniel two forty four. he says this, during the reigns of those kings, he's prophesying about uh, God's kingdom, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered, come on. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever. So many times we get caught up in the temporary issues that we're going through, right? The, the temporary scr- struggles that we're dealing with today or tomorrow. And, and man, God is setting up an eternal kingdom that will last forever. We're gonna reign with Jesus forever. Forever. Like, this is what he's going, to, he's going to establish someday. And my hope and my encouragement to you is that you would begin to focus on eternal rewards, that you would focus on things that will last in eternity, not temporary things that, that, that we go through day to day because God is coming to build an eternal kingdom, a kingdom that will crush all kingdoms in an instant. And this is the God we serve. Amen. Number 3, number 3. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a wonderful counselor. And he doesn't charge 100 bucks an hour. Come on. Jesus actually one of the words he uses for the Holy Spirit is counselor. So Jesus dies on the cross. Three days later, he comes back to life, right? And he tells his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And one of the gifts that we've received through the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is this wonderful counselor. Listen, there is no wisdom like the wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and what the. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying. He said, there is going to be a day where the wonderful counselor lives in you through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen, whenever you need wisdom, whenever you need some counseling, you can tap in to the wisdom of the Holy Spirit maybe some of you today maybe you're struggling with with something like a decision now i want to encourage you today man go get prayer man have someone speak some wisdom into your life through the holy spirit Amen? amen all right number four the fourth one he is a mighty god man we serve a powerful mighty god so mighty that they tried to kill him, and three days later, he came back. And that same Holy Spirit that raises Jesus from the grave lives in you and me. Guys, we have all the power in the world living inside of us through the Holy Spirit. Man, we serve a mighty God. God who wants to go before us, who wants to fight our battles. Many times it's just us getting out of the way of God being God in our lives. Come on, we serve a mighty God. Number five, number five, he is an everlasting father. Maybe you didn't have the best father growing up. And maybe you didn't have the best earthly example of a father. But listen, if you are a follower of Jesus today, you have the best father ever. Okay? You have a perfect father who's an everlasting father, who loves you, who's proud of you. Come on. Listen, some of you that, that, that are so, man, some of you just beat yourself up. You, you're, you're so, man, Hard on yourself. Listen, you're doing better than you think you are. Come on, you made it to church today. Come on. And you wore ugly sweater. Come on, you're nailing it today. Come on, we have an everlasting Father who loves you, who sees the best in you, who knows that, man, there's a hope and a future for your Life, Come on, he's an everlasting father. And number six, the last one. He is the prince of peace. He is the prince of peace. 1 Corinthians 14, says this. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the meetings of God's holy people. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. We don't serve a God of chaos. Okay, and we don't serve a God of confusion. Okay, and I think where the struggle is is that maybe you're you're trying to make a, a difficult decision, right? And that's not the same as being confused. Okay. Confusion is just, man, you're all over the place, right? Like like you, you actually think that maybe Jesus was married and had kids, right? Like you just you're just confused by everything in your life. Listen, confusion does not come from the Lord. Chaos does not come from God. Clarity comes from the Holy Spirit. And and it doesn't mean that you can't struggle with decisions that you're making in your life. Absolutely. There's all the man, there's, there's decisions all the time that I struggle with and I have to pray through and I have to get good godly counsel to help me sometimes make some of these decisions. That is different than what this passage is talking about. This is talking about complete chaos, disorder, confusion in your life. Listen, God is a God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He came to give us peace. Peace that passes all understanding. In the midst of struggle, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of everything that's going on today, man, with inflation and, and everything that's happening in our economy, man, as followers of Jesus, we can have peace. inflation goes up 20% 30% we lose our job we get persecuted man we serve the prince of peace who understands exactly what we're going through and he's with us and he's given us power and he's a mighty God that is going before us and if you're confused today I want to encourage you today man, meet with someone for prayer man, where two or three are gathered man, the presence of God is there God is there maybe you're struggling today maybe the this holiday season, and I know it can be hard for some people. You're just struggling and you're confused and you're just, God, where are you? And where are you in my family? Where are you in my job? I just, listen, I want to encourage you today. Don't struggle alone. That's why God is, and one of the reasons why that God created the church. Listen, church was always God's idea, not man's. That we would have a refuge that we'd have a safe place to come, to worship God, but be able to, to help one another in our needs and our struggles. Now, if you don't feel peace today, and I want to encourage you, and we serve the Prince of Peace who wants to bring peace and clarity to whatever you're going through. Because we serve a down to earth Savior who empathizes with with everything that we're going through today. He went through every temptation and he overcame every single one. He lived a perfect life and he became the perfect sacrifice for you and me. So we could have the Holy Spirit living in us. He can lead and guide us and we can live in peace. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning first things first maybe you would say today pastor I've never said yes to Jesus or man I've just drifted from from the truth I've just man I, I just got caught up in confusion and, and, and I got away from the things of God and, and today's the day that I gonna give my life to Jesus for the first time or I'm gonna commit my life to Jesus going into to a new year I'm gonna commit my life to Jesus and I'm gonna follow him every head bowed every eye closed if that's you today just slip up a hand I just want to pray with you today I'm not gonna make you do anything embarrassing yep just slip it up and then you can just put it down thank you Jesus thank you Jesus yep you can just put it down thank you God and I would just ask this morning that we would just all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today dear Jesus, dear Jesus. I thank you for what you did on the cross and I asked this morning That you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.